Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. So happy for our guest speaker to be here today. Harvesters, do me a favor and give a Harvest Church welcome to our very own Pastor Anthony Calabro. Love this guy. Thank you. My son did smile when he said revival. He just didn't clap. He did smile. My son smiles when he said revival. Now, he, he and, and Pastor Gary's right. Our hearts is that we're raising revivalists. You're raising kids right now. You are raising revivalists. You are end time believers. Believe it or not, some people have blindfolders on and they're just going on about their normal lives, just living, but the reality is we're in the end times. Now, don't freak out and say it's ending next week. You know, there's time, right? Because the, the Bible says that the gospel will be preached to all nations and all languages. We're not there just yet. So there's time, but we should be living with that in mind, right? Isaiah 60 says that as deep darkness covers the earth, Thick darkness will cover the people. The reality is I've seen over the last two years this thick darkness covering God's people in the same way that it's impacting the world. As we have seen more loss and tragedy over these last two years, we've allowed it to impact us. And, and, that, and that's a tragedy for the world because we should be the center of hope. We should be pointing people towards hope. But one of the things I think is missing is this promise from, from the Lord that I'm going to share with you today that I believe is the, besides salvation, is the greatest promise that the Father gives us in his word. So we're going to go on that. But before I go to that, speaking about revival, I chewed up like 15% of my time last service just sharing this because it's so important. When I was driving down to Merced, we're leader, lead pastors at Merced First Assembly, uh, the Lord gave me a vision of revival fires down the 99 corridor. I heard the Lord say this. He says, this area has been overlooked by man, but I will elevate it in my kingdom. Glory. Two months after I, I take the position at, at, uh, at Merced First, uh, my friend, Pastor Ron Avaz from Turlock, Harvest Christian over there, he calls me and he says, I heard a rumor that Anthony Calabro is moving to Merced and I don't believe it until you, I won't believe it until you tell me. And he said, I said, well, you can believe it now, I'm telling you. And he said, he said, he said, why? And I said, because God. Merced is the smallest town I've ever lived in in my entire life. He brought us to what was at the time, at the time, the smallest church. We've been growing by God's grace. But at the time, it was the smallest church I'd ever been a part of. And so the, the only reason I would do that is because the voice of God and his promise for revival. And I say these things because the next thing he told me was when I shared with him the same thing I told you about the revival fires down the 99 corridor. He says, we've had three prophets in the last year share the same exact word. Then three months later, or just three months ago, in Charisma Magazine, Mario Murillo, what, an evangelist you may know of back in the 80s and 90s, he, he's, he's back in, you know, like doing these uh, crusades, and he shares this vision, so he's only exclusively doing crusades down the 99 corridor. I say that because God has earmarked Harvest Church to be an integral part, to be a voice to the nation. 
you will be signs to the rest of the state and to other bodies of believers. So if you believe that, put your hand over your heart. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, you have declared, you have destined these people to be alive right now. End time believers declaring hope, declaring with passion and vigor, not walking in apathy, but with, with excitement and hope in their hearts to declare hope to their culture, God. They were meant to bring the living water to those who are thirsting, the bread of life to those who are starving, God. And we thank you that this church and all the intercessors who have dug deep wells, Lord, contending for souls in the state of California, in our nation, God, that those prayers were heard by you. So, Father, right now, those watching online and those here in person, we just declare, Lord, the spirit of revival would, would just burn in their hearts, God. That when they feel apathetic, you will remind them, just like my son, revival, revival. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No, I know I came at you pretty fast and pretty hard right there, and I appreciate you receiving it. First service was kind of like, we had a word of knowledge, man. It took like, it felt like five minutes for someone to acknowledge it. At that point, I was like, could someone just pretend their neck hurts right now? <laughs> Somebody responded, we prayed, but sometimes, you know, first service, we got to get warmed up. But second service, you guys, you guys don't care if I go over, right? All right, all right, you heard him, you heard him, you heard him, that's it. Say, so we're going to be real, a little bit more thorough than we were. So if you were here first service, you know, you're going to be glad you stayed for a second. So we're going to get a little bit more thorough here. But I, I want to talk to you about tragedy and loss. Something that, that us as, as a community, as the world, has faced a whole lot of in the last, the last couple of years. Probably more. So, somebody just told me last service, Pastor Gary, she said she had lost four brothers and sisters just in the last two years alone. And so we, we have, you know, that word unprecedented. I am tired of car commercials with the word unprecedented. Please stop using that. If you're, you're in marketing, please, I don't want to hear those commercials say unprecedented times anymore, right? But it is unprecedented levels of loss and tragedy that we have seen in our nation and even in our own lives. And this impacts us. That's why I was talking about Isaiah 60. It's the thick darkness, the deep darkness that is enveloping our world. I mean, we, you know, I, I'm not a super political guy, and I pray for whoever's in our office, but when the, when our, when our lead, the leader of our country completely flip-flops from defunding the police and refunding the police, and, the, and nobody even, like, says anything about it. It's like you could change your complete platform nowadays, and no one even calls you out on it anymore because there's such confusion. And I see people just walking around like if they're, as if they're in a fog. And as people come into, these, into our churches, they should feel revived. They should feel hope. Amen? Yes. Let's look at Luke chapter, uh, chapter 7 today. This, let me set it up for you. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, right, who baptized him, he, he is imprisoned. There are rumors that he might get, uh, get you know, uh, executed. And his disciples at the time are hearing stories and, uh, and accounts of Jesus' miraculous power. And that's where we're going to pick it up. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. Actually, before I go any further, yeah, uh, Brother Sam, your tech team, let me say Harvest Church, your tech team is the nicest tech team I've ever experienced. 
I, was, I traveled for 13 years in ministry. Let me tell you, they're incredible. Uh, you have Matt and Timothy Fountain, who were in my young adults uh, uh, group back in the day. They're incredible. They're a gift here. Neil, thank you so much. Man, this guy, they have servants' hearts. You're blessed. And let me tell you, it always pays. Here's a pro tip if we're going to go into public speaking. It pays to be nice to your tech team because they can make you sound like Steve Urkel up here if they don't like you. <laughs> so be nice to them, right? Be nice to them. Give them a gift card, a thank you card, something. But let's go. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. John's disciples told him about all these things. That's the miracles they were hearing about. Calling two of them, that's his disciples, he sent them to ask to the Lord, are you the one who is to come or should we expect another? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you. Are you the one or is, there, uh, is to come or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, at that very time, Jesus cured many who had, uh, who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news are proclaimed to the poor. And blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. I love Jesus. Jesus is amazing. Let me tell you, I love reading about Jesus because like he was unlike anybody of his day. He was completely different than every religious leader then and even now. How many leaders do you know would allow so many people to constantly question them, right? Without like screaming and yelling at them. I've seen that happen in person, right? In ministry, actually. Jesus even allowed his own disciples to question him, and he was not afraid to answer them. Jesus walked with the confidence of knowing who he was. Part of that, and something we're missing in society, was the affirmation from his father, okay? He had a affirmation from his father before he went out to ministry, and I can tell you that's something that's really missing in this world, is that men who were boys, who grew up to be men, aren't, aren't affirmed and commissioned as men anymore, right? Like in the Jewish community, they do it at the age of 13, and they acknowledge his manhood and where they're going and what they're striving to be. We don't do that anymore. But Jesus had the affirmation of his father. He knew who he was, and he was unafraid of questions. You know, Jesus could have really scoffed at him and said, you know what? John was there when I got baptized. He heard my father's voice booming from heaven, right? You guys remember that? He said, and then he could have said, he saw the Holy Spirit descend upon me like a dove. Like, and not only that, look, if you look forward at John uh, chapter 1, excuse me, rewind John chapter 1, it says, David, this is what John says, his, his testimony. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I've seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. My point today, today, my points today are going to coincide with what many commentaries try to emphasize as the main point of what's going on here. But I feel like they fall way short of what's really going on here. But it's, it's really curious how the way they see it is often the way we respond. My first point today is in tragedy, we often neglect our own needs. How many of us in here will look towards others? When tragedies hit us and our family, we immediately go into crisis mode and making sure everybody else is okay, right? We want to make, make sure everybody else is okay and everybody else has their needs and we don't look at ourselves. Let me tell you, that is the quickest way to burn out. What do they tell you when, when you're on the airplane and it says there's no, no oxygen, the oxygen levels will fall. It says, what will happen when the masks come down? It says, put it over who first? 
yourself, right? You put because if you can't help yourself, you can't help other people. Say that again. If you can't help yourself and tend to your own needs, you're not going to be able to help other people. But here, the commentaries are trying to say that John was more focused on his disciples, that he was worried, right, in a time that you know, his, his life was in danger, that he was worried more about his disciples and whether or not they believed Jesus was Jesus. I don't buy that for a second. You see, because their culture was way more honorable than our American culture. When you are a student under a teacher, you believe what they believed. When they told you fact, when they told you truth, you believed it. When he says, I witnessed this, the Lamb of God with my own eyes, they believed it. Jesus wouldn't, I mean, John wouldn't have had to send them to confirm that to him. They would have believed it at the word of their teacher. Now, I'm not saying none of these commentaries could have any truth. I'm just saying they're not the main point. Uh, and there's something here that's real more powerful that's deeper. I was talking to Pastor Gary about it just before. Uh, at, I call it halftime in between your guys' services. Uh, point number two is in tragedy we become fixated on justice. Right, who harmed us? Who, who took something from us? We, fit, we fixate on that. Let's look back at verse 22. Jesus said, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the deaf raise. You see, commentaries will point, that, uh, point to the fact that the Jews were oppressed and they were upset and they were hoping Messiah would come as a political or a military leader. Why? Vengeance. Vengeance. So what their contention is, is that John sent his disciples to Jesus and saying, why are you using your miracle working power to heal sick people? Why aren't you using it to free us from this Roman oppression? Why aren't you getting people back? Why aren't you going towards those who have taken something from us? And often we get fixated on the same thing when we're going through tragedy or loss. Who did it to us, right? And when we do that, we don't allow the Lord to bring us through those times. But Jesus' answer was very poignant, right? He answered the question. There's a question and there's, there's a question under the question. And Jesus literally answers the question. And he says... Basically, I am here. Messiah's power is here to show mercy. You see, Jesus, who said, if you've seen me, you have already seen the Father, consistently demonstrated in his miracles and in his teachings when the woman was caught in adultery, that, his, that mercy triumphs over judgment in his Father's kingdom. Some of us have that backward, and when somebody does something wrong, we want judgment. We want justice. We see, we get moved by these things, these stories on, on all these news networks, and we want justice and justice and justice. But in God's kingdom, mercy always triumphs over justice. If there was justice in your life, you would have been the one nailed to the cross. It was the mercy of God to send his own son in your place. It was the mercy of God to send his son to take pain upon his body so that you would not have to deal with that pain. Mercy triumphs over justice. My last point today, I got to it quick because I, I want this really to sink in. I'm telling you, this is one of the most powerful 
principles you will learn. Point number three, in tragedy, we want rescue. John said, are you the one to, who is to come or should we expect another? John sent his, those who were closest to him to the one person who could help. John the Baptist, constricted, confined, in prison, life on the line, calls two of his closest friends and sends them to Jesus. And he says, are you the one to come or is there another? Are you going to help me? Are you going to use your miracle working power for me? I hear you doing it for other people. Are you going to do it for me? That was the question under the question. That's why Jesus says, and the proof of it is here, in verse 23, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You see, John was saying, as we've said many times when we've incurred loss, God, are you still there? Are you still there? Are you still for me? If you're for me, then why aren't you using your power for me? The word stumble here, when Jesus said, blessed, do anyone, blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me, he's basically saying, if you're not offended because of me. Jesus was saying, blessed are you when I don't work the way you had hoped I would work. When things don't go the way you had hoped for, the, the way that you'd planned for, when things don't, don't iron out or, or, or come to pass the way you had been praying for or the way you expected God to move in your life, heaven declares a blessing over your life. The Father declares a blessing over your life when there is disappointment. In the place of disappointment, Jesus declares blessing. Amen? Two years ago now, a little over two years ago now, my, um, well, three years, goodness, it's almost three years, my sister gave birth to her sixth child, a lot of kids, right? It's like Jared McCachron. I think they're on their 200th child, children now, kid now. Jared was watching last service, sent me a picture. I held back that joke, and now that I know he's probably not watching this one, that's when I let it out, right? <laughs> Love Jared. She had a sixth kid little girl named, precious girl named Jayla. And uh, she was born with RH disease. If you're familiar with that disease, it means that the blood mixes in utero with the mothers. And kids don't die from that anymore in America. Because they just do a simple blood transfusion. My niece spent her first few days in the ICU with extreme jaundice and RH disease. And the doctors decided she didn't need a blood transfusion to send her home. My wife and I were going to go meet her that day. And uh, my sister said, you know what? It's been a long day. I'm really tired. Can you just come this weekend? Sure. A couple days later, we get a text. Pray for Jayla. We're taking her to the hospital right now. My, my sister, who's a veteran mom, right, knows when something is wrong. In front of my sister, the doctors tried to rescue and save my, my niece. They jab a, a needle inside of her her fever, to try to inject vitamins into her directly, into her, her bones. I got a text at 1230 the morning that she passed. I drove, I drove to meet my sister at her home, and I felt my, my poor baby sister just fall lifeless in my hands. I prayed over her. I don't know how long I was there, 
But here's what I remember. We lived in Elk Grove, Laguna West at the time, just down the road. It takes 30 minutes to get from Stockton to Elk Grove. We know that, right? It took me over an hour and a half that day. The reason why it took me over an hour and a half is because, you see, I've seen miracles. I've seen people who just had knee surgery, could not bend their knee, take off the, the brace and be able to bend their knee. I've seen ligaments and bones, bones being healed. I, I, I prayed for a guy. He had uh, his artery system where it's clogged up, goes back to the doctors before they, they do the surgery completely cleared and clean. I've seen miracles happen. And on my way home, I was, to, I was asking my father, the only father I've ever known, and I was asking God the Father, would you use your power for my niece? Would you are creator God. Would you breathe life into her lungs once again? Would you save her now? Would you bring her back to life? And I would pull over and sob. And then I would scream at the top of my lungs, you are my father. Would you please do this? Do this for me, God. Do, she's a pure little baby. You see, my wife and I were so excited that our daughter Deanna, who's turning four next month, was going to have a cousin her age to grow up with. We had all this expectation of their birthday parties and sleepovers and all these things. And you, many of you, have had the same expectations in life. And Jesus declares, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus was telling John, I know you expected to run this race with me longer. And I'm sorry, but I'm declaring a blessing over you because I know your heart is still pure and tender towards me. Blessed are you when you incur incredible loss when your world is shaken, but you still go to church and raise your hands and praise God. Blessed are you when you've lost your son, your father, your daughter at too early of an age. Blessed are you when you've contended for a marriage, but the spouse still left. Blessed are you even when it's your own fault, when you've made poor choices and you've incurred enormous pain Blessed are you when you still pursue the Father. Why? Because the Father is so good that even in the midst of loss, he wants to declare blessing over his children. Amen. Come on. The Father is so good. Your Father, my Father in heaven is so good that he doesn't want his children walking around with vacuums and deficits and lost in their life, completely hopeless. He declares blessing to bring you hope. Heaven declares blessing when you incur loss. Heaven declares blessing when you were hoping to be a minister at the age of 30 and it didn't just work out the way you thought. Well, heaven declares blessing over your life when you still come and contend and you still love God. And you serve in church and you give in the offering, you give towards mission. Blessed are you. The Lord told me, I know this isn't a normal missionary's like message, but I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. There are people at Harvest that need to hear this, that you've been stuck in a cycle, that you have felt apathetic for too long, that you haven't been able to move past your loss because you have not received your blessing. You have not been able to move past your loss 
because you have not received your blessing. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a funeral. And you guys have like an Aloha dance team, right? And my friend Nick is part of that team. Now, if you know Nick, you know that is the complete opposite of who he used to be. Nick kicked some doors open at a Christian gym <laughs> and broke them because he didn't like what he was told and had to leave practice. Like, broke them. Nick, Nick was very tough. Nick, in high school, threw a basketball at a ref. I don't know about you. I played a lot of sports. I never touched the ref. This dude threw the basketball at him, right? Nick, are you in here? Is Nick in here? Okay. Is that true? Is that true? <laughs> he says, is this true? Nick, Nick told the story at his mother's funeral how his son really wanted to be a part of the worship team. And so Nick would, the fact that he even allowed his son Ezekiel to do it was amazing. But then Nick was sitting there watching them and he felt convicted that here his son was worshiping the father and he couldn't because of his pride. I'm going to convince you that blessing is meant. There is no condition on blessing. So I saw Nick in your worship team, your Aloha worship team, get up and dance at a funeral in front of Nick's mom's casket. And they, they danced to the song, The Blessing, the Levitical Blessing. Now here's what's important about that blessing, is that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Moses told Aaron this blessing that he is to bless his, the people with, the people of God with. And what's interesting is that when Jesus taught us how to pray, right? When he, I'm serving on the mountain, he taught, us to, you know, taught us how to pray. He was giving us an outline, a direction. But here in Numbers, number six, I know I didn't give you the, the, the scripture, but number six is where the Levitical blessing is found. And Moses the Bible says, speak to Aaron. So it's a direct order from God to Aaron. And it says, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Then there's a command, say to them. This is the one place in scripture where there's a blessing or there's a way to pray. And it says, pray exactly this. And you know it. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and his graciousness be, uh, be on you. Lord, lift you up his countenance on you and give you his peace. That even in the midst of loss, there is no condition on that blessing. You see, your inheritance, your blessing, isn't predicated upon your track record with God over the last two weeks, how many times you did or didn't sin. Your blessing and inheritance from the Father is only predicated upon the position of your heart. Do you call him father? Does he call you daughter? Does he call you son? That is the amazing thing about our father is that no matter what, he longs to bless you. Today, if you've experienced tragedy and loss, 
and you would readily admit you've almost been stuck in a cycle. I want to say like a third of people this morning stood up in the first service. You've been stuck in a cycle. Maybe you still feel the sting of pain. If that's you, I want to declare this blessing over you today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. Maybe it's when you were a kid. You lost a friend. I lost my first friend. I was in sixth grade. I lived in Stockton. We lived in a violent neighborhood. I had a friend at 13 get shot by his own brother in the face. Blood and died in a gutter for three months, for three, uh, for three hours, crying out for someone to help him. God does not want you walking around with a vacuum in your heart. God does not want the Father. The Father does not walk, want you walking around with a deficit. He is here to declare blessing over you. Here's the thing. It is not shameful to admit pain. Jesus felt pain. But Jesus didn't feel pain so that we could go to heaven, just so we could go to heaven someday. Jesus felt his pain. He incurred his pain so that you would not have to stay in it. If that's you today, I want you to stand up right now. Stand up right now. Put your hand over your heart. I'm declaring a blessing over you right now. Today, God, today you've declared and decided it is enough. The pain must stop. The loss, the feeling of loss that has plagued his children must stop today. Today, heaven declares blessing and favor over you. When Jesus said blessed, he said, basically the Greek words means to enlarge his benefits and to extend them to you. Father, we declare your benefits, all of your benefits would be increased. We pray right now that your benefits would be extended to all these people to your sons and daughters, and they are your sons and daughters, and you are their amazing father. Right now, I declare that the voice of the enemy will be silenced, that truth will remain in the hearts and ears of your people, God, that you would speak truth and hope and life, and they would feel all the benefits of who you are, God. They would feel it as they go about their day, they would feel it as even this is we're approaching spring. I pray this would be a refreshing time in their lives, that the streams of living water would flow through their hearts and their bones, that supernaturally they would feel your blessing even now. You said there's a time to mourn. That time was not eternity. That time ends now. In Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Let's give the little Father a round of applause. Let's just thank him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bow your heads for a second. God, God wants to move right now in a supernatural way. So right now, I heard the Lord say something about a uh, kidney. Who, who's having a kidney issue? We're going to pray for you right now. Kidney issue. Eyes closed. Come on. Sometimes people right there. 
Brother, you pointed him out. Good job. Let's go pray for his kidney right now. Go put your hand. Another one. Another one in the back. Hey, two more over there. Come on, we need some. Where's our, pra- uh, where our, our prayer team? We need you right now. Keep your hand raised so someone comes to you. Listen, we aren't the healer, right? We aren't the healer. We serve the healer. We serve the healer. We serve the creator. Another two more in the back. Look at that over there. Can we get some people? And keep your hand up until someone comes in. We're going to see some breakthrough today, right now. another guy back there. Someone go help Pastor Gary. Come on. You guys are believers. Come on. You believe in Jesus. You believe he spat on the ground and put rub mud in someone's eyes. He healed somebody. He could use you in healing right now. Thank you. Father, right now, we declare this sickness stops now. Dysfunction stops now. Healing comes. Disorder go in Jesus' name. Father, we know that every time you sent your son and he, he, he took a stripe upon his back that was the price that was paid for our healing. We declare your healing because it's paid for and it's children's bread. We don't have to beg for healing because it is children's bread. So we, we declare wholeness right now. Father, I pray whatever, we thank you, God, that, that even though the doctors could diagnose us, the prognosis belongs to you alone, amen? The prognosis belongs to you, God. Right now, whoever has heard uh, 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 a, a negative thing that uh, it's like a, um, the, basically the doctors, you're gonna have to live with this for the rest of your life. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. We speak life. The, the law of life sets us free from the law of sin and death. We proclaim healing now. We thank you, God, and we thank the Lord for healing. Let's, let's thank the Lord for healing right now. We thank you, Father, in advance, in advance of a good report right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You are good, God. You're amazing, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If, if you've received a report from the doctor and they said that this is something, I'm going to go back on that. We're going to pray. Apart from the ones that just got prayed for, if you've received something from the doctor, it doesn't matter how small it is, okay? They said you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. I want you to stand up right now. We're going to pray for you. Stand up right now. Stand up right now. Listen, I remember being in, uh, in, in a senior in high school, and a, and a friend, a guy I only kind of knew in, in youth, he died of a brain aneurysm, right? And I remember he was there in a coma, in a basically lifeless state, and they were going to take him off oxygen levels. And I remember looking at his feet at the end of the bed, and I remember, like, the Lord said, declare life in his body. And, and like, I was too embarrassed because his family was there. So I kind of like just put my finger on it and just set it under my breath. And I heard the Lord say, say louder. And I didn't do it. Listen, we will not see miracles happen until we step out and begin praying for them and believing God. Just because you have seen, you have prayed for someone, nothing's happened. It doesn't matter. We have to fight to raise our expectations to the level of God's word. This is truth. This says Jesus died for all our iniquities and all our sickness. That's what we pray for. That's what we contend for. If you're around somebody, just put your hand right there. God's going to use you right now. Listen, how do I know God is working in somebody when I'm praying for their healing? How do I know? You'll begin to feel a warmth. I was praying for somebody earlier 
and like I just felt my hand and like it was like war warmth or heat just begin emanating off off of their neck. So right now we declare your healing presence now, Jesus. Lord, you are the truth. You are the truth. Jesus, you said it. I'm the only way. I'm the only truth. We declare your truth in these bodies right now. That even though people that have spoken uh, negativity and even curses over these bodies, we speak your truth over it, God. Lord, whatever it is, whatever, if it's degenerative, whatever it is, Lord, we just speak your that you are more powerful than anything that we can incur in this life. You're more powerful than any sickness and disease and disorder. We speak life now in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are the life giver. You are the creator. And you are still the miracle working God. So, Father, we contend for miracles for our, for our brothers and our sisters now. Because you love them. You don't have to have any other reason but that we're your kids. We're your sons and daughters. You don't have to have a reason to bless us. You don't have to have a reason to heal us. We are just your kids and just because. So, Father, we declare healing now. Sickness, disorder, go. Healing come now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Thank you, God. 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 If you're in here today, let me just say something. If you don't know what's going on, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, uh, chapter 12 talks about nine gifts of the Spirit. One of them is a word of knowledge. Another one is a gift of healing. As the Lord will use them together. You know that, that in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, if you are all prophesying and an unbeliever comes into your midst, he'll be convic convicted and convinced that there's a God. And we've backed off of that. We've backed off of the supernatural because we don't want to be weird. Guess what? We are supernatural beings and we serve a supernatural God. Amen. If you're here and you've not given your life to the Lord before, I want to give you an opportunity. There is no better day than now. This is a, an amazing, loving church. I was telling Pastor Gary, I was like, Harvest is my family, even though they don't even know me. Like, not everybody knows me. I know, some, I know a lot of the staff over the years, but I, I love you. I love this church. I believe that, like, part of my spiritual journey has, has like, been, like, it's been linked with Harvest at times. I love you. I love you. I love you. And this is an amazing, loving church to be a part of. And, I mean, proof was Nick, right? I mean, look at Nick. <laughs> Let's give Nick a round of applause. Yeah. Could you imagine having the boldness to do that in front of your whole family? And he declared blessing over his family for a thousand generations. It's beautiful. If you're here and you've not given your life to the Lord before, I want you to give it. You should give it today. You should give it today. That tug at your heart, that is the Lord. That is not my brother on the keyboard. That is not the lights or me talking. That is the Holy Spirit. That's how you know he's tugging at your heart right now. If you've not given your life before, stand up right now. You'll have the opportunity right now. Come on. I know there's someone in here. You know how I know? Because Pastor Gary sent me a piece of paper, and it's a salvation call, and I already was going to go there. Like, let me tell you, I can tell, because I, I worked as an evangelist as part of my calling on my life, I know when there's somebody lost here. Or maybe you've given the Lord and you've walked away. You're not right with Christ right now. 
right now is the best time. I'm not going to tell people to raise, close their eyes because you want to do it so that you're accountable to it. Come on. Who's there right now? Stand up. God, give your life over to the Lord right now. There's no better father. There's no better place to do it than right here, right now. This moment's going to pass. You're going to go home. You're going to wish that you had. I'm taking just a little bit longer before we move on. Who's that person? Go ahead and stand up. We're just going to pray. There's there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing that's going to happen, but you're going to be loved on and cared about by an incredible spiritual family. Right now, go ahead. I don't care. I I, I go back to my own church, you know, tomorrow. So, like, you guys could think that, that I was, you know, faking it or whatever. I don't care. My reputation isn't on the line. This is the Father's right here. This is what he's telling me to do. I trust him and what he's saying. One more time. If you're here and you know you need to get your life right or you haven't ever given your life to the Lord before or completely surrendered, right now this is your moment. The Lord's holding up service for you. Would you stand up so we can pray? Thank you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I hear the Lord say so clearly, the pain that you have carried by yourself, you were never meant to carry by yourself. You've never been by yourself. He's been close by. We serve a God who isn't repelled by our weakness. He's attracted to it. Brother, give him a hug right now. Just give him a hug. Yeah, right there. Father, we just declare your goodness and your love right now. In Jesus' name. Would we all pray with our brother? And if if you, there's other people here. I can sense it. I'm telling you, I know. How do I know? Well, if I blindfolded you and put a spoon in your hand and I asked you what it was, you'd say it was a spoon. How? You've handled it enough times that you know what it feels like. I've been in services where there are lost people, people who are not right with God enough times, so I know what it feels like. If that, there's still time for you to stand up, put your hand over your heart, and let's, let's pray with our brother. Say, dear Jesus, today I surrender everything to you. My pride my weaknesses, my hopes, and my dreams. I give it all back to you, God. I trust you. I trust that today, as I seat you on the throne room of my heart, that you will care for me, that you will love me, and you will guide me as I serve you all my days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. It's 12:15, but uh, I just I, I know there's other people here struggling because I felt a couple like the, uh, there's a, a at times I will feel like a pain in my body when I'm ministering, and it's not because like all of a sudden my knees hurting. It's because it's like a sympathetic pain. So I'm going to name a couple of them. Felt uh, tension in my knee. Uh, so like it was like stiffening up. I felt pain in both my right and left side of my neck and my bottom right, uh, like a disc area. 
Um, and then there's vision. There's some vision, some blurred vision that's been coming with somebody. So if that's you, just place your, place your hand over your body. In fact, if you need healing of any kind, just place your hand on that area of your body right now and just, just come in agreement with what the Lord's doing. Father, we, we declare that right now that we are aware of your healing presence, that you are here and you are here to heal. So Father, we receive right now children's bread. We receive healing. We pray that all dysfunction and disorder would go and healing would come in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you all the glory forever because you are the healer, not us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you for letting me go over. I appreciate it. Can we give the Lord one more round of applause and just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.